slow down, move, move over. Another great example of this. Today, in Pennsylvania, this morning, lady driving way too fast, hits a cop car, kills both police officers in it. Yeah, I saw that on one of the rare things. Normally, I don't watch the news. Yeah. I think it's very depressing to watch. Yes. But, um, being down here, um, you know, my, my brother watches it and stuff like that, so... So the, the bad thing about that is the the one cop just got out of academy. He hasn't even been on the police force a month yet. Now dead. Because somebody decided, oh, hey, look at me. I'm going to go flying through this police, you know, this, this area right here where the police are, and strikes the car and kills him. Yeah, and, you know, they're... Checking to see whether or not the last I had heard, which is the news around noon, was they were going to take and they were going to check her for um, uh, impairment by drugs or alcohol or something like that, which doesn't uh, which doesn't make a difference in the end result. I mean, both those officers are end of watch today, and uh, my my heart goes out to them because we as firefighters may make fun of cops and be like and take and pull up and go i was going to give you guys this box of krispy kreme but i think i'm going to keep it and take off but at the end of the day you know we're all one family and it doesn't matter we're going to we're still there to back everybody up Right, and, you know, I, I don't know how many, oh, man, I don't know how many accidents I've seen lately involving fire trucks and stuff were because somebody wasn't paying attention, going by a scene, and hits a truck. Um, yeah. There's been a lot lately. Yeah, it has, and... You know, Papa would be a good one for that. Um, unfortunately, he's not here. Uh, I will, I will take it. I will tell the story a little bit. I don't know all of it because I was not there. But uh, Papa was doing his um, command stuff out on uh, one of the highways that. His career department covered, and uh, he had his uh, command vehicle set up to kind of block the scene because figure it's a lot cheaper for them to total out a sixty thousand dollar truck than you know a six hundred thousand dollar piece of fire apparatus. And we're not joking when we put those numbers out there, you know. Base a baseline, a a base model front line pumper. You're looking at at least six hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
and a person swerved around two cop cars and slammed in the back of his command vehicle on the highway. Luckily, nobody was hurt, but. Yeah, and it's just, you know. Uh, it is. Like, and I mean, a lot of it is. A lot of it is distracted driving. Um, you know, y'all, that Snapchat selfie is not worth somebody's life. That text message is not worth somebody's life. You know, nobody on Instagram is going to take and is going to care that you that your that your eyelashes are absolute fire for work today. If you end up being the person splattered all over the news because you weren't paying attention and you killed somebody. Right. And another really good example of this is last was it Friday? Thursday or Friday. We had a really bad car accident that ended up being a fatality accident. And people driving by the scene. Yeah, we had traffic control set up, so people were going slow. But taking pictures and videos and stuff, guys. First, that's not safe for us. And two, I mean, yes, you guys don't know what's going on, but there needs to be some sort of privacy involved with this stuff. Um, you know, nobody's going to want to go, oh, you know, I want to see a picture of you take some, uh, you know, I want to see... You take a picture of somebody that died today. I mean, that, that doesn't happen. Um, it's just, there needs to be a lot of respect stuff going on. And we call it rubbernecking. And there, unfortunately, is a lot of that. And that's what happens, or that's what causes, you know, like these police officers to get killed today. Now, you've, I know you've probably seen it, Mike, but I have. You have a secondary scene adjacent to your first scene. You normally what that is is that is you are working a um a motor vehicle collision. Doesn't make a difference, fatality, non fatality. But you get these people who are sitting there with their phones and they're recording the scene as they go past, or they're slowing down to look. Somebody else isn't slowing down because they're too busy going, Oh my god, traffic is actually moving. Here's a picture of my foot and they slam into each other. And now, on top of the one scene we're already dealing with, we got to deal with your dumbass. I, I wish I could say I've never had that happen. But yes, several times. Um, and as, and as uh, Firefighter Dad was saying, um, with car accidents, especially bad ones, you don't know if we're cutting somebody out of the car to save their life or if we're trying to protect the inside of the car and the condition of the car itself. Because somebody has um, died in this accident and it is now a crime scene. And... um. If you were taken, if you were to look, 
uh, 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 scene. You go to go, go pick up your phone, be like, oh my god, look at this fire scene. Look at this accident. I want you to think about your brother, your sister, your mom or dad, maybe even your kids or your spouse. And how would you feel if somebody driving past an accident they were in got a picture of them, you know, with one with one arm mangled or god forbid dead in the middle of the in the middle of the road how would you feel you'd be angry i know you'd be angry i'd be angry anybody would so please don't do it it's not worth it right and not only that is if we happen to notice that if somebody gets your license plate guess what you can now be a witness and we can now seize that phone and everything in that phone to give for investigating purposes. Oh, yes. That's the cool thing. You use your phone and we seize your phone because we because the cops need to investigate. So guess what? All the all those nude selfies that you sent to your significant other or, you know, the person your significant other doesn't know about. Or if you're a single guy and you're really hard up, all them nice unsolicited dick pics you like to send people. Guess what? All that shit now on a phone that is to be used as public record in court. Yeah, exactly. Plus, like I said. It's just not cool. I mean, yes, uh, in this in this scenario that I, uh, I presented was, okay, yes, the guy is deceased, but there's still there still has to be a respect level. Yes, because at that point, while we're working, a uh, fatal a uh, fatal accident. Nine times out of ten, the family hasn't been notified yet. And you're taking a video and you're sharing it to your friends who are sharing it to their friends who are uploading it to the Internet and to TikTok and whatever. And the family hasn't even been notified yet. Yeah, and who's to say the family's not going to see it before, you know, somebody gets to get to that door and. Break the news to them. You think they're just going to be like, oh, yes, officer. Thank you for coming over and letting me know. But I already saw on the interwebs that Paul Johnny has had his head squashed like a ripe tomato. But thank you for your concern. No, no, no. That doesn't work that way. Not going to lie, that French accent was spot on. <laughs> and you were probably rolling over there yeah. laughing. Yes, you? sir. <laughs> Sometimes I amaze even myself. Ah. But on top of that, if you guys are stopping and taking pictures, we're not perfect individuals. We can act, we can do something. We might accidentally pop another airbag that we don't know. Guess what? There's a lot of stuff that goes flying when airbags go off. Now, you may become a victim because something shot through your windshield. Because you guys were slowed down and taking pictures and stuff. You know, it happens. I've seen it happen before. Mm-hmm. It does happen. And, I mean, 
this is all stuff that we're telling you guys uh, who might be listening and not being in the fire service. You're the civilians who are driving past or the people not involved with the scene. And, you know, we're telling you this stuff not because we're blaming you all for doing it or anything like that. But it's just, you know, make sure that you're not doing it. Make sure that your passengers aren't doing it. And kids. Kids are one of the big things. Kids always have a phone in their hand. If they've got a phone, it's in their hand. Right, and this isn't the point blame at anybody or making anybody feel guilty. It's just it's to let you guys know that what is happening is not safe. You know, we purposely position apparatus to try and keep us safe. But I have seen where, you know, we have an engine set up just right and you nick the nose and then go right through the scene and wipe everybody out. I've seen it happen. Not personally, but, you know, on the news and stuff. And it, it's to point out that it's our job is already very risky enough without having extra risk introducing to it. Yes. Now, let's take a look and let's go on the other flip side of this. So that way you guys get a key key as to our thing, as to how our thought process is. Scene safety. When do you start thinking about scene safety as a firefighter? Before I even leave the station. Exactly. It actually works with your truck checks because you need to make sure you have everything on that truck that you need, whether it's your career department and you're doing a truck check at the beginning of your shift, or if you're a volunteer department and you do a truck check every two weeks or a month. You got to make sure you guys have your flares. Um, there's your your high reflective vest, uh, your um, flags, cones, your traffic devices. On top of that, that's where the first step is. Second step is you get a call. You're going to listen to that call. Because you know most of the roads in your district. Anything with an I in front of it is automatic bad day. Because... I don't know about anybody else, uh, the rest of you fire, fire EMS or police officers who may be listening to this, or even tow operators. But me, I hate playing on the interstate. Yeah, thankfully I don't have that here. But the road that we have here, uh, so this is the second fire department that I've just joined haven't even been there really really just a little over a month now we've had i don't know we've had i don't know probably 20 calls since i started 15 of them have been car accidents on this on this highway already um that's not a very safe highway actually it's it is a safe highway but people drive way too fast um 
yeah, it, it's crazy the amount of car wrecks I've been on on this one. Um, but, again, so now we have to worry about other people plus our scene. Um, you know, like Rescue said, it, it's really, it really starts when you are doing your truck checks. Um, here, right this time of year, we're actually getting out of flares and going to... Um, uh, little disc pucks that have LED lights in them because unfortunately here we have a really high wildland uh, fire rating here so really unless there's snow on the ground we can't use flares but you know it still doesn't mean you know flying up on um, the fire trucks and stuff because usually we have somebody behind the truck about a hundred feet behind them with cones and a traffic paddle to slow you guys down. Now, it doesn't work all the time because I've been on the end of that and have wanted to put my stop sign through several people's windshields because they're going way too fast. Um, I don't because that's not professional, but I want to. I will say that. I will say this. When I do traffic, I don't care. Summer, winter. Daytime, nighttime, whatever. One of the cargo pockets of my bunker pants. I have a flare. And the reason why I have one is if I get somebody who is not paying attention and barreling right down at me, I'm jumping out of the way and I'm throwing that flare in their front wheel well. It's not lit, so no, I'm not trying to burn their car down. Not this time. Just joking. I wouldn't do that. Um, but it makes an awful lot of ruckus inside that real that wheel well, and will get somebody's attention. Right, and you know, we don't want to harm people, but we also have to look out for our people. Um. You know, so if I'm 100 feet back and you're doing 65 miles an hour, the 100 feet to the scene comes up really, really fast. And you never know. There could be a little kid that was in that, that scene that walks out in front of the fire truck and then you hit a little kid. And that, yeah. that I, I don't care if you're the biggest, baddest person on earth. You will never forgive yourself for that. Nope. And then we're going to go back in the flop back over to you drivers. Okay. You take, you have taken and you have not paid attention to the road. Came up too fast. Caused uh, the maiming or death of somebody else. Guess where you're sitting? On that fire scene. Guess where all the friends. Who are coming from the same place you are coming from. Guess where they're passing. That scene. With their phones. Because they're going to do the same thing you were going to do. And how much do you think. You're going to be able to live that down. Forget even for forgiving yourself. Because that's, that's never going to happen. Not even, you know, 
therapy for the next million years is going to have that happen. But everybody's going to see that picture. Oh, look, look, that's, that's, you know, Richard's truck. Uh, well, what happened to Richard? Well, Richard was a dick. And now there's pictures and videos of everything Richard did. And like Rescue said, of that, you know, what, of what's going on, where you're going to be sitting in in that scene is in the back of a cop car. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you just... Now, it's probably going to be attempted murder on, one, the victim that you hit, and two, everybody on scene there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and... My this other department I'm at, we roll pretty heavy. Car accident, we have about ten to twelve people there. So if you do that, you hit somebody. Now you got attempted murder on that plus twelve other people. You ain't gonna get out of that very easily. Now, this is a real life rescue story, so brace yourself. But my old department that I was a part of, we were diverting traffic um, off of a stretch of road. There was a uh, fatal MVC um, where a car had gone off the road. And uh, the couple that was in it, um, one of them had some pretty serious injuries. The other one was a fatality. And so to give the state police um, accident reconstruction team time to do what they need to do and give the um, the county medical examiner time to get there and do what they needed to do. Um, we had that section of road closed. And here comes this person barreling up, going about 50, 60 miles an hour, coming out of a 45-mile-an-hour zone. And uh, they weren't paying attention to my advanced crew. Hey, slow down, slow down, because we're going to have to divert you. Slow down. Nope, not paying attention. So... One of the people who were there took the flare from their pocket because they do the same thing I do, and they chucked it in the wheel well. This guy slammed on the brakes and got out of his vehicle and proceeded to start wailing on my fire police. Not a good idea. One of my buddies, one of my fellow assistant chiefs who were there, he jumps in his personal vehicle, goes down to where they're fighting, and this gentleman, unless he is rolling, he is going into a working house fire, packs everywhere. And he drew down on this guy and told him, you are sitting now. And he had him under control until the cops got there 
arrested him for speeding, assault on a uh, peace officer because your fire police are not police officers, but they are peace officers. Part of the course. And the endangerment of everybody on scene. This, this guy, he, he, I have no idea how this actually all turned out. I was more worried about um, my guy at the time because my guy had got some pretty serious blows on him. He had some good licks. Uh, he defended himself, but this one guy, you know, a couple good blows. One of the blows was, you know, on his throat. And we were worried about swelling. And it leads to one of the most fantastic stories, which is I don't know what this Easy Care ambulance out of Boston was doing coming through my neck of the woods. But I guarantee you, they will never do it again. Because after 20 minutes of trying to take and trying to get another ambulance rolled to the scene and not getting one, I get told, hey, do you care what's the, what's the name on the side of your rig? And I said, nope. I was like, you send them right over here. And the guy and the guy pulls up, puts his window down. It's like, what's up? I'm like, you got a patient in the back? He goes, no. I'm like, you're commandeered. That's great. I've never heard anybody commandeering any of this. So, yes, I commandeered a bus from Boston that happened to be going through my little corner of New York. That's pretty good. I don't, I don't know if you've ever told me that story. That's pretty good, though. Um, we, we did use some stuff, um, going down through, we did use some of their equipment. Um, we, uh, we did offer to restock them, which they were like, nope, cause we still have a bunch and we're going to pick somebody up. Don't worry about it. And, uh, I, I gave them my name, my rank, the f you know, the name of the firehouse and the address and everything. I wrote all that down while we were transferring the patient out to um, to the next level of care. And uh, I was like, if you guys want a bill for this little ride, this is my name. This is my rank, my fire department. Send us the bill. Never heard from them. That's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, we don't want to take. We don't. The, the, we were just minding our own business, and and this guy commandeered our our rig and two of our crew. What's going to happen if we send him a bill? Fuck that shit. No. <laughs> like I said, I, I've never heard anybody commandeering animals before, so that's that's a new one. That's pretty good. Right here. <laughs> It, no. it, it is pretty funny. Um, 
I used to be part of a group on Facebook called Responders Unite. And a couple of the admins from there uh, lived in the Boston area. And I had asked them if they had known about that particular ambulance um, company. And um, one of them worked for him, and one of them, their significant other, had changed jobs. And I'm like, well, if you hear stories going around the squad room about an ambulance getting, you know, commandeered in upstate New York, I was like, that's me. It was like I needed a ring, and they were the first one to come through my scene. Yeah, no, I think I've never heard of, uh, never heard of anybody doing that before. That's a, that's a new one for me. <laughs> hey, guess who just got rock star status, everybody? This guy. Nice. <laughs> no, but, you know, back to, back on topic now. Yes, yeah. back uh, on topic. Scene yeah. safety. It doesn't... What we're talking about doesn't just apply for us. You see a tow truck, move over. I mean, those guys, all they have is them. And they don't have anybody protecting them like our, like we do. Like we have fire trucks and stuff. They don't have that. They have nothing. They've got the, they've got a they've got a little reflective vest or piece of a cl- piece of clothing that they are wearing. And that's it. And they're working on the white line. So there has been a um, an initiative for a while, which is um, slow down and move over for flashing lights, which could mean you know you've got a um, you've got a cop on the side of the road. It could mean somebody sitting on the side of the road with their four ways on. Because those lights are flashing. If you're able to do it, if you're on a two-lane highway or four-lane highway, you've got two lanes on your side. You see them pulled over on the shoulder, either side. Give them a lane. Slow down. And here in Washington, they take that seriously. If you don't do it, they will radio into the next cop ahead of them, and you will get pulled over. I move over for anything. I don't care. If I see a vehicle on the side of the road and I don't see lights on it, I don't see the four ways on or whatever, I'm still moving over. Right, because you never know. That door, my driver's door could just open up uh, all of a sudden and next thing you know, smack. There's the door. Now, I found this good thing here for scene safety and assessment. It says five steps to scene safety. Be prepared. We covered this when we first started. Half half of the scene safety takes place before you go on shift. Making sure your truck is stocked. 
It's thinking about the roads in your district. You're not going to use the same tactic you would on a four-lane interstate that you would use on a two-lane back road. Nope, not at all. So you've got to make sure you plan that stuff. Now, us responders, look, listen, and feel, especially our my EMS people. We all learn that. Look, listen, and feel, right? We, lear we learned it in EMS. Those of us who take the um, the heart saver or the professional CPR class, they teach that, don't they? Look, listen, and feel? Yep, absolutely. Okay, doesn't just apply for breathing. When you take it, when you go to, when you get to get on scene, and you go to take and you go to jump out and take your first look at the scene, or if you're in the officer's seat, or if you're the chauffeur, you pull up. What do you see? What do you hear? Is it? Is it a pickup truck that's sitting there and everybody's basically fine walking around? Or is it, you know, a pickup truck with three propane tanks in the back and one of them's venting? What about you, the good Samaritan, who's going to stop and try to help somebody who's been in an accident? You do the same thing. Take a look at what you're going. Don't just run in there. I'm Superman. No. Take take a good look. Take take a good a good half a heartbeat or more. Take a look. What do you see? What do you hear? Now I got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask you any thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Well, you know, like, like I guess you said, all, all that. Now I have something for our side of things. And rescue, as soon as I say this, you're going to know, and this might ruffle a few feathers, but wannabes. Right, see? Rescue knows. These are usually volunteer firefighters that are in their probationary period. Slow the hell down. I mean, really, that's that's all it is. Uh, going to this car accident last week that I went to, I saw it was pretty severe. I knew I was going to the station before the car accident because it was in that was after my station. I'm still doing 68, you know, some eight miles an hour over the speed limit, but I feel pretty comfortable there, right? I get passed by one of our volunteers, and he made it look like I was standing still. And this is a newer guy. First of all, he has no experience, so he's no good to us if he gets there first anyways. And second of all, he was in a bigger truck, so if he rolled this thing down the highway, guess what? Now we got two calls. And yeah. it's just it's just not good. <laughs> okay. Rescue's tips for our newer member probationary 
ass wipe. I mean, probationary firefighters. You are not God. You are not Superman. You are not going to change the outcome of anything. And you are not saving yourself any measurable amount of time by going like a bat out of hell. You know, there's a saying. Never drive faster than your guardian angels can fly. You may think that you're going to get, the, oh, I'm going to get there. Get on the truck first. I'm going to take it. I'm going to do this. I, I might even be able to drive the big red truck. Okay. And what are you going to do if you're going 100 miles an hour, you're passing other members, or maybe not, but people are going to take and if People are going to take and be watching and be like, oh, look, here's a blue light. I'm going to take out my phone and watch it. Then you slam into you slam into somebody and kill them. Or bouncing ball goes into the road. You know what? You know what? I teach everybody who's coming into the fire service. When you're driving and you've got a bouncing ball that comes out in front of you, what's attached to that bouncing ball? Little kids. The kid chasing it. Slow down. Just. You're not Superman. You're not going to make a difference by getting there before the rest of the crew. Because you can't do a goddamn thing without the fucking truck. Slow the hell down. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you're in your POV or the engine. If you are in your POV and you hit somebody, the department gets the wrath of it. It doesn't even matter. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> even with blue lights, you you have a your chief is supposed to be giving you this little thing. At least they have it in New York. I'm not sure about other states. But it's called a blue light card. Which says that your chief is giving you the permission to run that blue light. We are not allowed to have lights over here. Ah. Yeah. Now, I have a directional stick in the back of my car and my truck for if I happen to go to a scene that's between me or the station, or I happen to roll up on something, just for a little bit of protection, but that's it. It's just a directional stick. Yeah. Now, point little, point number three in this five steps to scene safety and assessment is set yourself up for success. That goes back to you goddamn munion. Going uh, going nine million miles the fucking hour. Are you setting yourself up for for success, or are you going to set yourself up for potential disaster? You're no good without the damn truck. And even if you happen to get there and a person's trapped and you can't get in the car, what are you going to do, Superman? You're going to tear the damn door off with your bare hands? Yeah, probably. Come not. on, dude. Set yourself up for success. Make sure you've got the right people on the right truck. Get there, go to work.
Right. Uh, yeah. It's just frustrating watching this stuff happen. And like I said, it's, it's not even just, you know, rookie firefighters. It's also the civilians, too. They, you know, I had one. I, this was a while back. And Rescue, you're going to, I can already see you shaking your head. We had a vehicle versus trait. Person wasn't injured too bad, but they were still injured. And this civilian, nice, nice guy. He was super nice. Helped get the guy out of the car before we got there. Which, one, that's a no-no. We would prefer you guys leave mm -hmm. him in the car. And let us get him out. Because, of, you know, lots of potential injuries. We can assess them before they get out of the car. Because if, you, if somebody is has a head on into a tree, another car, whatever. We don't know what other problems they may have that they may not feel because they're in shock. And you might have just screwed up their neck or their back. Absolutely. So, yeah. So or maybe they were pinched and you were, and them sitting there, they weren't bleeding out out of a ruptured um, artery. Second, you move them and they stand up. What happens? We call that the insta death. Yeah. So on top of him moving him out of the car, which okay, guy did it. It didn't come back to bite us on that. What was close to biting us on was the way this guy thought he was helping. He was holding the guy by the top of his head, his palm on top of his head, holding C spine that way. No, not good. That, that if he had a broken neck, first of all, he just compressed on that, and second, the guy's head could just flop over. Um, you know, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah, you know, yes, we we do appreciate help when you guys help, but there's some things, and Rescue knows this too, with like house fires, cops come and bust all of our windows out. We prefer you don't do that. Don't do that because that fire's going all through the fucking house now. Let us decide where the fucking vent, please. So what I'm getting at with this point is, yes, we do appreciate you guys helping, but there's some things that we prefer you just call it in, stay there, be a witness for the cops, and and let us handle it. If you actually want to be able to help people. Find out where your where your local Red Cross is holding a course at. Do the AED and the first aid. Then at least you know you're not going to try to hold C spine stabilization by compressing somebody's spine. They're going to teach you the right way to do it. Or, and they're also going to tell you leave the freaking guy in the damn car. Or better yet, I carry business my business card with my name on it for my fire station. I will give you one, and you can call and find out how to volunteer. We're always looking for people. Oh, yeah. Volunteers. I don't care. I'm too old. Look at it. Look at your age, what you've seen, especially if you've driven big truck. Look at what you can bring to the fire service, even if you volunteer for, like, five years. Oh, I have no training. I'm too young. Well, if you're under 18, you're going to need 
parental consent. But we can start your training young. And you can have all the outside stuff. The accident stuff for the for the scenes. Um, helping the chauffeur out at fire calls. Stuff like that. You can have all that stuff down pat. And ready to move on to the next thing when you turn 18 years old and you're ready to take Fire One or Essentials or IFA or whatever the fuck they call it now. It was Essentials when I had it. Me too, and now it's changed to Fire One. It was Fire. It was Fire One in New York State. Now it's IFO. Oh yeah, I say ours is IFSTA Fire One. See, we have. We do not have scene support anymore. We have BFO, which is basic exterior fire operations. And they need then to stop changing have... stuff. Huh? They need to stop changing stuff. All these acronyms are getting too confusing. Uh huh. And then we have IFO, interior fire op- operations, which is your fire one. Now, the volunteer well is very, very dry. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. My name is not Willie fucking Wonka. It's a lot of training, but it's worth it. Like our chief says, it doesn't matter how old, young, physical condition... We have something that you can do. Now, for those of you who do not know, I was an interior fireman for quite a few years. And then I screwed up my back. I screwed up my back at my paying job. Actually, I think it was my day off. Either way, it wasn't connected to the fire service. Sorry. I almost sneezed right near you there. Um, But I cannot do interior firefighting anymore. But you know what I can do? I can drive that 20-ton truck because I know how to do it. I can get the guys that are going inside water because I know how to do it. I ain't got to have... I ain't got a hump hose and go busting uh, and go busting down doors. All I got to do is get the crew there safe, and make sure they have what they need. Yep, and sometimes that's the biggest thing. As I said, and it's pearl of wisdom from um from my uncle. You're no goddamn good without the truck. And if you don't have somebody who can drive trucks there, you're going to have a problem. Because it ain't like driving your, your you know, $3,000 Honda Civic. I almost said Dodge Neon. I'm like, damn, I'm really going to date myself now. <laughs> you're going to date yourself on that one. <laughs> no, it's, and Rescue's right. I mean, these are... Um, you know, we just, uh, we just got our tower last year used and that was, you know, that was $375,000, but you go to like, um, New York or something like that, 
Those new towers, they're $1.5 million, $2 million trucks. A tower ladder, brand new from the factory, with no frills, just the base model truck. You're looking at a mil, mil and a half. Yeah, easily. So on top of that, you know, for the scene safety part, we usually tend to like those trucks and we want to keep them around for a while. So if you're on your phone and you're going through a scene at 60 miles an hour and you sideswipe it, we lose a truck. Yes. We like those trucks. Some of them even have names for the, for our trucks. We might even have an obsessive assistant chief who might cover the truck with a tarp and, you know, rub the bell. And, oh, you like that? Oh, look at the back tire. Oh, she likes that. I'm going a little bit. I, we used to pick, <laughs> I mean, used to it is true. He used, for, he used to be like that. I'd be like, dude, you're just not right. And he's like, you're just noticing this now? No, I've been inside with you. I, I know different. But. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> um but no we do actually like our we we do like our trucks we do think about your think about your car okay who here owns a vehicle and is not somewhat attached to it the attachment you have for your car we have for our trucks and you know what? We don't want you plowing into Ethel. She might be an old girl. She may have 15 years on her. You know? She's seen us through a lot of stuff. And she can pump a lot better than this new truck we got that's a piece of shit. <laughs> then you won't take Ethel out. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> well, and, and so the other, the other thing with that, too, is, okay, yeah, we like it. But if you do that, you know who it really hurts the most? That community. And if you're part of that community, it hurts you as well. Because now not only do you lose a truck that comes to save you, but you know how we got that truck? By your taxes. So now we have to raise your taxes to be able to afford another truck because that one got wrecked. Because somebody wasn't paying attention on their phone and sideswiped it. Not to mention raising your taxes your taxes, yeah, that's that's something that'll come up the next fiscal year. But look at it this way. Look at what's gonna happen to your in to your truck or your car insurance when you have to report to them because you do have to report to them because they will find out when they pull your license in six months when you take and when you go to re-up that you sideswiped an emergency vehicle operating on a scene. I I, I don't think Elon Musk makes a friggin' rocket that's going to go up as high as your insurance rates. Not only that, your insurance adjuster is going to be like, how the hell did you not see the big red truck with all the blinkies on it? 
We like our woo-woos. We have woo-woos everywhere. Blinkies and woo-woos. But, I, I mean, yeah, so... Uh, and if you don't live in that community, so you're going to hurt that community because now, like I said, taxes are going to go up. And people, uh, they're not going to like that. Um, oh, no. But that is the reality of things. Um, you know, and it also, like I said, takes that truck out. If it can be fixed, you know, obviously they're going to send it somewhere to be fixed. But a lot of these are getting hit so hard, there's no fixing it. They have to be replaced. There was a... I think I saw it on TikTok. It might have been on, on Facebook as well. But Frontline Pumper got slammed into by a semi. It was operating on scene. It ruptured the poly the poly tank that sat in the back of it and it bowed the entire it it damn near took the back of the truck off the chassis. Did you see that one? I think so. I think you sent it to me. I think I did. As Rescue goes and grabs his phone. Yeah, I was looking up some... Um, some... Stuff. Some stuff. Yeah. Uh. All right, let's see here. I do not see it. I do not see it in here. I'll have to find it and send it back to you because I know I've, I know I have it. I'm sure I might have sent it to Jay. I'm sure you um, sent But yeah, this truck is trapped, and your frontline pumper, you half three quarter million, depending on what's on it, and that's that much. That's that truck that's got to be replaced or repaired. So there's that truck that's not there to say it to serve its community or the people passing through that community. I mean, it, it, you got to, that brings me to the next, that brings me to my next point. You got to be present. Well, what do you mean be present? I'm sitting right there. Yeah, I know. By being present, I mean get off your damn phone, slow the fuck down, and pay the hell attention. Right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Let's see here. I was looking. So in 2019, just from this one place, there was 44 fatalities from first responders getting killed on the, by being struck 
just struck by vehicles on the side of the road. 18 law oh, enforcement, yeah. 14 tow trucks, 9 fire and EMS personnel. Oh, yeah. That was just 2019, guys. Yeah, it's 2019. That's two years ago when supposedly everybody... Oh, no, no, 2019. That's one, two years ago. That's what, three years ago? Four? Yeah, three. I mean... I don't... I, I don't know. It's you got to take and you've got to Oh. Guys, we all have to pay attention no matter if you're driving past the scene or you're operating on a scene. You've got to pay attention. Because, well, and like I said, that we're, was fatalities. That's not even. Yeah, that's fatalities. Accidents. That's either we had to step back for some reason, and somebody wasn't paying attention and just rolled us over, or somebody who looked up from their phone, saw they were heading towards a fire truck, swerved one way, ricocheted off the car on their left. And it got bounced back to the right. Guess what? There's no fire truck there. There's people who are working trying to, you know, cut someone out of the car or something like that. And what's between you and them? A whole lot of sailboat fuel. Nothing but air. Yeah, I was just looking at some other other things here. I, I just it boggles my mind some of this stuff. It just it, 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 it really does. I'm having a tough time finding current stats. Um, the current stats? Yeah. Everything seems to end about when COVID hit. Well, just because COVID hit doesn't mean it's, it meant that they were more worried about one stat over the others. And it's, that's basically what that is. Yeah. No, worried about one, they were worried about one stat, one, one, um, one statistic over the others. But, you know, it's, 
And on the flip side of things, too, is we have to pay attention as well. You know, they, oh, they, yes. they teach us defensive driving for a reason. And that's another thing for those of you who might be looking for an added um, a little added bonus. If you're if you have a defensive driving course that you take that is offered by an insurance company or somebody who gives you a numbered certificate saying that you passed, you know, your defense, your um, emergency vehicle operations course or EVOC, you can take that to your um, car insurance company. And a lot of them will honor that as defensive driving. I just found that out recently, believe it or not. Hmm. Now, I am looking here. Um, so the move over law, most states adopted that law in 1996. So, yeah, it's still kind of new. Um, they adopted it in 96. And here's the thing. Everything is getting... A lot of stuff is getting added to the move over law. Like, here's one. Guess what got added to the move over law back in the, I want to say, 2015 to 2017 area? You guess what got added to that move over law? Garbage truck. Yes. I was just reading that. Why? Well, garbage trucks have flashing lights on the back of them. And you've got your you've got your helper or your rider who who may come who may get out and um grab the grab the cans and stuff. If you're fortunate enough. If you've got the manual load system. You may have just your driver who's getting out on the driver's side, which is in traffic, and having to take and having to walk out, walk back, grab the can, stand at the back of the uh, garbage truck to tip the cans. And what's between him and you if you don't see him? Nothing. Absolutely. And, this and right I'll tell you right now, I, I've seen what goes into the back of a garbage truck. And I would not think twice about jumping in that hopper if I needed to, even if she was full of juice. Yep. But I ain't going to smell pretty afterwards, and I'm going to be pretty some pissed. And, and I'm going to read this right here, and I know... You're going to see Rescue's face turning red and how pissed off he's going to be with this next statement. So they did a study and 
uh, out of 100, I'm assuming it's 100 people or whatever, 42% of drivers that do not comply with the move over law do not think that the behavior poses a danger to first responders and roadside workers' lives. Almost half think that what they're doing is not, it's fine. It's, it doesn't cause a risk. I don't get it. For those people who think that you need to go talk to your doctor because you have an endocranial inversion and it needs to be fixed. <laughs> right. And I can hear some of you guys in my head right now, mentally, just sent that thought to me, that goes, endocranial inversion, what does he mean? What is that? Uh, I'm going to save you the WebMD Googling. It means you got your head up your ass. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, we know what that means. Everything, when you drive the road, when you drive on a road, whether you realize it or not, is affected by your driving. From the people, from the people who, whose houses or businesses might be on the side of that road, to the traffic in the other lane and your lane, they all depend on you. Everything around your car, think of it as a bubble. Anything in that bubble is affected by how you drive. And another another thing that is scary, and Rusty's gonna I know Rusty's gonna agree with me on this, are these damn fucking self-driving Teslas. You know, they make these AIs and they keep getting smarter and smarter and nobody realizes there's eight fucking movies out there that say why this is a bad thing. Oh, right. But just because your Tesla has an auto drive option. Please still be vigilant because it's a computer. And um my uh my father used to be a field technician for IBM. And he told me the best piece of advice when it comes to computers it's only as smart as the dumb shit that programs it and guess what his ass ain't going to be sitting in uh, sitting in that car when you're not paying attention to the road because hey, i got a self-driving tesla <laughs> yeah that self-driving tesla may not see something 
And by the time it does see it, it's going to be too damn late. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you see, what's happening is Firefighter Dad's finding statistics, and he's like, I'm going to mention this because it's valid. I want to get Rescue's blood pressure up. It's fun. <laughs> oh, it's, always, it's always good. Just like, well, we'll save it for a different podcast, but we'll get Rescue going on his uh, his Spartan that he likes. Before we, before we take, and after we get done with get done with that, let me guess. He's got a he's got one plan that's gonna have you know, officer qualifications and training. You know, I was gonna say that, but that was just that was just too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still something I don't even know what to say about. You know, you don't have anything to say about, but then you're like, oh god, elections, here we go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jay will get on that as well. You know, what happens is my blood pressure goes up and my eye sockets and everything. And that the skin on my head melt from just the pure rage of my blood pressure going up. And I turn into like Ghost Rider. It's pretty funny. I've seen it happen. Yeah, I just can't find anything. But emergency of responders, either your EMS or your um your fire department, um, or you know, law enforcement, and I think this is what your one person who was you know giving somebody C spine C spine stabilization, but giving him a pat on the head. Good job, little tiny, you hit the tree. Uh, but anyway, assess your patient threat potential. Now, what does that mean? Well, to you people driving past, you're a threat. Stay in your damn lane. And please listen to what we're telling you to do. Slow down. Get off your phone. Pay attention. Yeah, 100%. Because um, there are going to be times where we may go, okay, this is too dangerous. Cars on fire. Or, you know, we've got some Nimrod who's barreling up the shoulder. So that way he can get to his. Starbucks Espresso. Um, it, don't be that guy. Um, but you know we got it. We've got your threat that we've got to try to plan against. Right. And if you don't think that you or the other drivers are a threat. Next time you guys come across an accident scene, or hell, not even an accident scene, let's go a work zone. Look how you pay attention to how you, your Stephanie and other, or the cars around you drive. And then put yourself on that side of the road. And think, do I want to be out here?
Yeah. But then again, that. <laughs> yeah. That's rescue going nuts again. So here, this happened back in in 2000, but right here, a very good example. There was a fire truck struck with one firefighter injury. Engine was working on a uh, working accident on um, Capitol Beltway at uh, 030, so, you know, right after midnight, was struck by an automobile going over 60 miles an hour, operated by an impaired driver, safe zone was, uh, was established, and the fire engine was destroyed. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing. Here's going to be Rescue's little PSA on this. I know that, you know, alcohol's legal basically everywhere. As long as you're the legal drinking age, 21, 25, whatever the fuck it is now. Um, and a lot of states are legalizing marijuana. I have no problem with that. You want to take and you want to blaze up with Willie Nelson or Snoop Dogg? I have no care. I do not care. Hell, I'll even join you. Just let me call. Just let me call out and and let my chief know he doesn't have a driver because that's a responsible thing to do. Do not drive. Do not even think about going near your vehicle unless somebody else who is not impaired is driving. I mean, I don't I don't know what the drunk and impaired driving statistics are lately, but I know they ain't zero. Well, not good either. So, and I know a lot of people, everybody has to go through a five hour course or driver's ed and it gets pounded into it gets pounded into your brain. Oh, if you've been drinking and driving. If you've been drinking, don't drive. Ugh. Do not operate with drugs in your system. Even prescription drugs. Listen to them. Because the next person I have to cut out of the car, I don't want it to be you. Right. Yeah, Here, here's another one. Um, happened in 1998. Firefighter struck and killed directing traffic at a vehicle accident. Driver was distracted by incident operations. So again, it goes back to that term, rubbernecking. And yes, that's the that's the rubbernecking. Now I realize that when we have to shut down the road. Or we have to go out and stand in traffic. I understand that we are making maybe forcing you to stop and you get impatient because you want to go, go, go. I get it. I do. But we're there for a reason. And uh, I'm going to please ask you to curb your enthusiasm for wanting to run us over. Now, on the firefighter side of it, or police officer side, of course, most police officers run single-man cars a lot of places. But fire service, 
how many firefighters do you recommend giving staffing to put on traffic detail? Uh, for us, we have to have at least two people. Two people on each side. Mm-hmm. Now, I was directing traffic, my current volunteer fire department, and a person who put me out there was not a chief officer, but acts like he is. Um, he's not an officer at all, acts like he is. But the fire captain went with him on it, which I didn't like. But I was told to direct traffic. Ah, we had to shut down a road. Not a problem. Done it before. But this was the four corner out in front of my house. And while this guy, who's a regular firefighter and has no higher privilege than me, in fact, I I make more calls than he does. I can guarantee you, I took a six month leave of absence this year, because I I had to take and I have to get myself physically and mentally back in shape, and that's going to be another podcast. But anyways, even with a six month leave of absence, I can guarantee I make more calls than this guy does. Is there a reason why he had to go joyriding with the truck for no reason to go down to the scene to see what was going on? When there was a chief officer at the scene. No, but he left me on a four corner in front of my house by myself. That's not good. No, I had I had one of my neighbors. I'm like, dude, do me a favor, just sit outside and keep an eye on me. My kids were watching me. Daddy's got a fire truck outside. Daddy's got the flashing lights on. Let's watch Daddy work. And some people might actually be come across an accident scene while they have their family in the car, because you know volunteers when we don't. Sit at the fire station. Well, I've been on many crosses with my kids. Think of how think of how much damage you're gonna do you're gonna do if those kids watch you run their father down or their mother. I almost I almost got smacked by a mirror once. I died. I had to dive. I've been pretty close too. And my kids sitting there watching out their windows. Yeah. So, and I know that's shit. We got a bunch of stories. I mean, we've got (laughs) firefighter dad here's got what, 14 years? Plus? Yep. I'm 15 years. You know, we've got stories. 
we almost have a story for every for every occasion. A lot of them aren't good. No, there's a lot of near deaths and stuff because of stuff like this. So these are our big takeaways for our uh, nice little TED talk here on scene support and stuff like that, scene safety. If you are somebody who is not an emergency responder and you are driving down a highway and see a car on a car on the side of the road or or an emergency scene slow down move over a lane at least and give us room to work because you know what we all want to go home yeah and one thing to elaborate on that is yeah, we might be a minor inconvenience for you getting somewhere. But remember, we only get called on people's worst days of their lives. And that person at that time is possibly the worst day of their life. We really don't care if we inconvenience you. Yeah. Being a volunteer... Like Firefighter Dad says, we are called. We get called to people when they are having the absolute worst day of their life. They've gotten into an accident or what have you. And you know what? Right now, their need, right then, at that particular moment, their needs outweigh yours. Absolutely. I mean, it could be... And there's no reason why you can't take a deep breath and just let us do our job and y'all just relax. Go nice, slow. Don't take any, you know, don't sit there and be distracted by what we're doing. Concentrate on what you're doing. Yeah, it, I mean, I got, a, I got another story for that. Go uh, ahead. This was very early on in my career when I was up at my very, very first apartment. We shut down a whole ski mountain, very popular ski mountain. We had to close the road going up to that because a bus that was carrying people ran over a power line. Don't know if that power line was hot or not. We, we still don't know if it was hot or not. We always assume it's hot because that's what they teach us. And the people, the name calling to us, uh, it was crazy because they couldn't get up and go skiing. But we have a bus full of people around 30 people that are trapped inside this bus scared because they can't get out because we don't know if they get out, if they're going to die or not. That's, that's the, that's one of the, that's one of the things. Um, and I'm not going to say it's 
I'm not going to say it's funny because it's kind of not. Kind of is, kind of not. I'm not going to say it's bad because it kind of is, kind of not. But it's just, it's one of the things. A lot of people don't see a need for us until they need us. And then all of a sudden it's, why weren't you fast enough? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you why didn't you keep my loved one safe? You were in the middle of taking and um getting him out of a car after an accident and you had to dive out of the way because somebody wasn't paying attention, slammed into the car and killed the person we were trying to free. Absolutely. I mean that's one of the things. And I mean, I'm not saying everybody does it, but a lot of people don't see a need for the volunteers until you need us. And some of you will never change your minds on that, and that's okay. But rest assured, if you're in my district, Firefighter Dad's district, or any other volunteer firefighter's district, when your worst day comes and you need us, we're still going to be there. Absolutely. And and like Rescue said, okay, if you're distracted, you run into the car we're working on, and at that time that person was savable, and now they're not, put yourself in whoever's in charge there, whether it be the chief, or I mean, it could be me, it could be Rescue. And we have to explain to that family that, yes, we could have gotten them out and this car came from nowhere and now their family member is dead. You, yeah, yeah. You just went from going to get McDonald's to getting charged with murder. Absolutely. It's just, it's not... Uh, yeah, I just, it's crazy the way some people think about things like that, you know, it's, oh, well, and that statistics showed it, 42 people, or percent of people that took that survey didn't think it was risking anybody's lives. Well, it's risking everybody's life at that point. Everybody that's there, even the person that thinks it's not risking their life. It is, because what happens if you get distracted, you get distracted, and then you run head-on into a concrete barrier? Well, you may not affect anybody on scene, but you sure did affect yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, key points, be vigilant. Keep your eyes out. Slow down. Limit your distractions. And please, have a little bit of patience with us. Yes, and distractions can be anywhere from your cell phone to eating to just looking in the rearview mirror. Those can all be distractions. Even be your music. Music, yeah. You change your music on your, st- on your station, on a radio station. It will, it's a distraction. You don't hear. You know what I do? 100%. You know what I do when I'm not, a, when I'm 
rolling past an accident scene that I'm not working, you know what I do? I ask my children to be quiet. And I turn my radio down. So that way I have zero distractions. And if for some reason somebody has to take and need me to stop real quick and they yell, I can hear it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we could take it. The statistics are out there for anybody who wants to. Um, for anybody who wants to take and anybody who wants to go looking at them. Um, you know. Firefighter dad was just. Was just giving you some of the statistics. 42% of people don't think the way that they drive impacts anybody else on the road. Um, taking, I don't have an answer for this, but I know Google does. But accidents. Caused by distracted driving. I can promise. I can promise everybody here the statistics on that are absolutely scary. Okay, so distracted driving causes three thousand deaths. Per year, roughly. In 2019, it was 3,142. 2018, it was 2,628. And this is from the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety. So, guys, he's talking about fatal accidents. Yeah. That's just how many people have died. That's not how many car accidents there was. That's just fatal accidents. Mm-hmm. 8.7% of all car crash fatalities. So almost 9% of everybody who dies in a car crash is due to distracted driving. 25%, so a quarter of the number of people who uh, died in distract, distracted driving um, car accidents were between the ages of 20 and 29. Right here, just like Rescue said, 
that is, you know, that's crazy. Um, in 2018 alone, 2,800 people were killed and an estimated 400,000 were injured in crashes involving a distracted driver. 400,000 people have been hurt. And that was in 2018. 2018, you were saying? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I've got the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration site pulled up on my phone. In 2018, the total number of distracted driving accidents that year Fatalities, injuries, fender benders, whatever. 938,000 in 2018. That's almost a million accidents that year due to distractive driving. That's absolutely... That's uh, crazy, and distracted driving guys may not. It's it's not always just your phone or the radio or stuff. Taking your mind off of driving, thinking about oh you know I gotta do laundry or whatever when I get home. That's also distracted driving because you are not one hundred percent focused on driving. Correct, and that was that. And that, I can't sum that up any better. That was that one talking point that I said that was be present. That's what that means. Now, distracted driving types. I'm going to run through these real quick. I'm not going to dwell on them. Visual distractions, which cause you to move your eyes from the road, like turning to talk to passengers or your kids in the back seat. Auditory distractions. For those of you who don't know what auditory means, it means sound. There's sounds that cause you your attention to shift, like listening to music or conversations among your passengers, or it could even be a call on Bluetooth. Manual distractions, which happen whenever you move your hands away from the wheel, like eating, drinking. Or using an electronic device like your phone. And lastly, cognitive distractions, which Firefighter Dad was just talking about. That happens when your mind wanders and you're no longer focused on driving. Like you're pre like when you're preoccupied with strong emotions or too tired to drive. Or your mind's just not there. I gotta take it, I've gotta do I've got to do dishes when I get home. I've got to start laundry. Oh, shoot, it's fish night, so I really should have pulled out the haddock. Yeah. My sneeze, my sneeze is, gonna try, is trying to get me. Yeah, it's just... It's crazy. Now, I've got another small little list here where the most common distracted driving behaviors. You want to know what the number one thing is on the list? 
Now, we all know with these lists, the, mo the biggest number they always put first. You know what that is? Texting while driving or having an in-depth phone conversation. Number one. Eating and drinking comes in number two. Um, followed by smoking and then applying makeup. Have a story for that one. Turning to grab items in your back seat. Turning to face a passenger in the back seat. Carrying on a conversation with a passenger. Using electronics like a GPS or sound system. And focusing on your rear view mirror. Those are all the most common uh, distracted driving distraction behaviors. Well, and, and here's another one for you too, Rescue. Estimates of people injured and distracted, uh, distraction affected crashes. 2018, 2.7 million. Oof. That's injuries. By being distracted. Oh. 33,000 of those were people using their cell phone when the crash happened. That's 8% of them. 8% of them. Now, I'm going to touch on this real quick. Because I don't know all the particulars of this story. It's not actually my story to tell. It's my brother, Rescue Medics. He was just starting out with his company that he has now been with for 20 years or better. He, but he was a fresh off the shelf EMT. And he, uh, he was driving the rig. Partner was working on somebody in the back of the rig. Woman rear ends them. Not going all that fast, but still rear ends them. Probably going about 15 miles an hour, which is a pretty hard hit when you're not expecting it. Rear ends them at a stoplight. So cop gets there takes one look at the woman asks her if she might have been a little distracted while driving maybe doing something in the car this is before cell phones were invented so it wasn't a cell phone and the woman says no 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 i wasn't doing anything i was focused on the road i i just didn't realize they braked until the last minute As the cop and my brother are sitting there looking at this woman, from one corner of her mouth to above her ear on that side, there is a trail of lipstick. She was doing her makeup in the car and had the, had the vanity mirror down and was paying more attention to doing her makeup than the road in front of her. And by the time she actually noticed 
the ambulance doing a patient transport stopped at a red light. It was too late. Well, here, here's something that is baffling me. It is almost the end of three months of the year, right? My state alone has had 870 car crashes. We're not even a full three months in, guys. Nope. 102 of them have been fatal. Yep. We're not even three months in yet. We are not three months in yet. Uh, to me, that's just that's crazy. I, I'm looking to see my county just just because I'm curious now. Oh, we've had nine crashes. Yeah. Well, I I run for. That's the funny thing is my fire department's one fire department's in one county, the other one's in a different county, depending on what side of the river I'm on. So we the, um. Okay, so for New York State. Let's see here. Trying to find the listing here in in the uh, in National Health in the, in the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and I'm not seeing it. So we'll go to Google. She knows everything. Isn't Google like the queen of the bridge club, guys? Come on. Something like that. <laughs> she knows everything. <clears throat> um, yeah, it doesn't give me a... It does not give me a um, it does not give me a exact number for New York State. But I'm looking through here and I'm seeing just in 2022. I mean, I live in the state of New York. So, our numbers have to deal with New York City and that down there. If you live in, if you live in New York City, uh, that's I mean, uh, that's good on you. I couldn't. I hate cities. But, let's see here. Queen's crash continues deadly trend in New York City streets. That's from February 10th of this year. 
two people killed, five injured in separate New York City crashes. That's from the 26th of February of this year. Red light running spikes caused New York City to see the deadliest February for car crashes. And that's a story that came out March of this year for New York City. It's just New York City. And we've got Syracuse and everything else. And for some of you southern states, you may not have this. But some of our accidents, at least up here, up north, they're not cars or trucks. Or motorcycles, snowmobiles, or ATVs. How much protection? If you've ever been on either a snowmobile or an ATV, how much protection do you have? Not a whole lot. That's what I thought. You don't have a lot. You know, seat belts. If you have a side-by-side, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a four-wheeler or something like that. Or you're running a snowmobile. Of course, now we don't have any snow here, at least not where I'm at. Not here either. But, you know... How much protection do you have on a snow on a snowmobile? And what do they do with every snowmobile? Well, if you've got a trail on one side of the road and you've got a trail on the other side of the road, guess how they're getting there? Right across the road. And how much time are you going to have if you come over a hill and you see them? None. Or you see an or you see an accident scene coming up over the over a hill. That's why we try to put flares out or cones, signs on the side of the road. I'd be like, "Hey, accident scene ahead." When I was working on a major road, which. Thankfully, I'm not a chief, so a chief officer, so I don't have to think about this anymore. And I don't have to deal with it. But when I was when I had an accident on a major road, when I called that when I called myself en route to my station, or I called the called the engine en route. You know what's the first thing I asked for? What's that rescue? Digital signboard. You guys seen those? The DOT trucks that have that little signboard that flips up. And it either has got the color, it's got the lights that, you know, give you an arrow pattern or it says accident scene ahead. I called for one of them.
at least to try to give you guys a little advance notice. Slow down because we're working up here. Although a cool thing I've noticed is if there is a if there is a big slowdown and you are using Google Maps in your car or your pickup truck, please don't use Google Maps in a big truck. I, I cannot begin that. That's just a whole nother rant that we don't have time for. But if you finish training and you it wasn't the Stevie Wonder Institute for Trucking. Or you're not sitting there going, I sure wish I finished training. And you don't want to have to ask yourself later on, so will insurance fix this? Because if you're driving one of those big trucks, you should not be using Google Maps for your GPS. You know, not to mention any any trucking company names at all. Yeah, I didn't mention a single one. But if you're if you're running Google Maps because you're on a trip or something, if there is a big accident or a big slowdown where the traffic's getting really backed up, Google says there is an you are approaching an accident alternate route is advised would you like to take it it's it says that and it comes up on the screen and you can and you can say yes after the ding or you can hit the yes button i'm hoping you're saying yes after the ding and not looking down and hitting the yes button have your passenger do that um but Google will reroute you away from the scene, which is a good thing if you can be rerouted away. You know, to sum it up is just slow down. Move over, you know, don't be playing with your cell phone or, you know, like uh, I'm sure Rescue had this back when when he was younger, you know, don't be the mom with the stick, you know, turning around beating the kids in the back seat, you know. Abuelita, just... put down the slipper. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's just, it's not safe for anybody. You know, be present and don't turn, put down, turn away your, turn turn down your distractions and focus on the road ahead of you, not your cell phone, not what we're doing on the side of the road. Exactly. It's. I know you guys don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want you guys to be hurt. There, there's pictures that fire that you know firefighters might may post on their social medias that says "Go ahead, drive like an idiot." I enjoy using these. It's got the pictures of the jaws of life. 
I don't know a single firefighter who actually enjoys having to cut somebody out of a car. So, please, put the distractions down while you're while you're in a work zone, uh, coming up on an accident scene, fire scene, traffic stop, whatever, and try to minimize them while you're driving. Absolutely. Uh, that's all for this week. Thank you, everybody, for coming in. Um, and, uh, yeah, everybody stay safe. Stay healthy. Look Absolutely. out for each other. Absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, tune in next week. We got, uh, we we're going to be talking about wildland fires, so that's going to be an interesting topic of of all that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot no. goes to a wildland fire. Oh, yeah, we're coming into brush fire season. Yep. All right, guys, we're out of here for the night. We'll catch you next week.